All right, welcome to Soul Bros Podcast, Episode 2, where we're going to talk about when you are trading, are you trading for aesthetics? Are you using analytics? What are you doing to make your trades, to enjoy your beautiful JPEGs, and make things happen? So I've got RacerX with me, and I'm RiFi Crypto Guy. The date is 422, and we are so excited to just be talking about some of our trading strategies uh, and all of these other beautiful subjects. So, Racer X, I'd love to hear from you. What are you trading? Are you trading aesthetics or are you using analytics or both? Hey, good morning, Redfi. How are you doing on this fine Friday morning? Oh, just or, uh, wonderful, brother. Excellent, excellent. Yeah, so getting right into it, you know, um, for me, it's a combination of both. Uh, at the end of the day, I'm a trader. I'm looking to you know profit off my NFTs. That being said, there are some aesthetics that really resonate with me, and you know, regardless of the floor price or if they moon, I'm I'm holding an NFT to the ground just because I love it. I'm a you know I'm a trader at heart, but I do have some of that uh, collector in me as well. Um, so. <laughs> I love to hear that. And just you talking about a couple that you're going to hold forever and that you love. What are those uh, projects? So first off, I've got my, um, like, we, you know, we, we spent a lot of time last week talking about D-Gods, but obviously I've got only one D-God, which means I can never sell it. Um, that was my first NFT that I ever bought for the most part. Um, I got rugged on a couple of other things before that, which I won't go into, but that was kind of like my first big purchase you know not at the time it was like six soul which doesn't seem like a lot but at the time when i was just getting started i'm like oh man i'm I'm, you know i think soul was around 200 250 at the time i'm I'm spending thousand dollars on a a piece you know on this piece of art so um at the time you know now it's not such a big deal but at the time you know it was a big investment but you know as i've pulled that for the last few months i've just really you know liked it i love what they're doing with dead gods so Holding that one to the ground, Toyo Tayo Robotics also was one of my first big purchases. Um, I'm actually looking into getting that done. You know, you know, you go online and you see people with like their giant displays of the NFTs, and uh, probably those two would be the two that you know they go up, they go down. I'm not looking at the floor. I don't really care because those are the you know those have some type of emotional attachment for me, and I love them, and I'm you know holding them to the ground. Heck yeah. So what are some of the trading or analytic platforms that you use to kind of guide you along in your trading journey? Absolutely. So the first thing is um, basically, you know, how do you track all these mints going on? Um, I'm someone who likes to mint a lot of stuff. I really look at minting new projects in a way as a a numbers game, meaning, you know, I kind of feel like if I mint 100 projects, I really only need, you know, 10 of them to really, you know, go any one of them to do a 10x and I can get I'm, I'm basically at break even. So for me, the biggest thing is having a spreadsheet with notifications on my phone calendars that that's something I set up manually. I, I've been looking to see if there's an, you know, an automated way to do that. But as far as tools goes, the first thing I look at in the morning is my, my spreadsheet I created in Google Sheets. It has my mints, it has the dates, it has the times. And you know, I get a little ping on my phone via Google Calendar when they're minting so I don't forget. And that's my most important tool that I use for the most part. And how are you finding out about all these mints? That's one thing that's always crazy to me is seeing on the space and all these new projects always popping up. What are some of those wells that you go to to find out what's minting and what's uh, what's hot? 
So basically, it's, it's really hard to do it by yourself, which is why I think we're seeing this emergence of these DAOs pop up, because it's a lot easier when you've got 50, 60 people all researching together and kind of, you know, speculating, oh, I think this one's going to pop off. This one looks good. This one looks a little underwhelming. And because I, I might think something looks great and someone else might think it doesn't look so great. So really having a network to tap into is the biggest thing. You know, you have people kind of reminding you, hey, you know, remember, this is minting today. Um, so really just having like a DAO or a network is important um, for discovering projects. Obviously, Twitter, Discord is is the biggest part. You know, you, you're looking at their community size. Um, so as far as, you know, I'd say having a network of people, it doesn't have to be a big DAO that you have to spend 20 grand to enter. Find, find five people that are talking in a Discord server. Make your own thing. Make your own Telegram group. Make your own Discord group. Make your own Twitter chat. But having a network is, is in my mind, the most important thing of keeping track of everything. That's beautiful. Yeah. It's so important to have people that are willing to tell you what they're actually trading. Why are they trading it? And if it fails, you know, trying to figure out why did it fail? And if right. it did succeed, the same thing. And if you have a big network and you are listening and paying attention to what's happening, hopefully you're learning those lessons without taking the L's. Um, so I think it really is incredibly important as well. I actually posted that on Twitter this week. And I, I, I think that that's been part of my success is being able to talk to friends. And I do wonder what are some of those, you know, I asked like, what are those communities? Who are some of the people that you associate yourself with? What are some of the projects that you've bought into that are specifically just to see what projects are doing what and what's the next mint? Absolutely. Yeah. So um, for those who don't know, I'm a part of, um, you know, Enigma Ventures, which is a, a kind of like a DAO that was formulated. Uh, it, was, it started with a bunch of friends just doing all the things I was just talking about, just speculating. Oh, we think this mint's going to be hot. Oh, we, you know, we don't like this one. Um, you know, and, and that's where a, a lot of my good information comes from. Um, other networks that I'm a part of is like the, the Tayo or the Toyo Robotics. They have a really great, you know, alpha channel where people are discussing and what's really great about them is they have like these crazy voice chats where there'll be 50 people in almost every night, 10 people, 20 people, 50 people. And it's just people really just talking about NFTs and talking about what they're looking at, speculating what's going to go up in price. So those two are probably the biggest communities that um, I, you know, I, I really try to, to listen in and be a part of. Um, for those who don't want to spend that much, there's a lot of little other communities that you know I've seen. I know our friend John; he's part of the Nomies community, and I think the you know if you're under a soul, you can get in there and get into their groups, and they get whitelist spots and alpha um, from the members there. So there's there's tons of communities out there. It's really you know kind of trying them out, seeing what you like, seeing the groups you vibe with, and from there, just you know it's you know be, you know be a part, be a, don't be afraid to talk to people. Um, one, one thing I've really noticed about this this space is people are really friendly in the NFT space. And I know in the DeFi space, it can kind of be a little um, intimidating at times when it comes to trading. And I've, I've felt, you know, everybody I've interacted with, for the most part, I'm not going to say everybody, but, for, you know, <laughs> for the most part, everyone's been <laughs> very welcoming. Trolls. Yeah, everyone's friendly. Everyone's welcoming. You know, ask questions. There's no stupid questions. And, um, you know, find your group. And you don't have to spend, you know, 100 soul, 200 soul to, to join something. You can find smaller groups that are um, powerful as well. Okay, cool. And then when you're minting something, is there a place that you go to find out, to do your own research 
and uh, try to make sure that you're making the best investment possible. What are some of the tools that you use to do that? So one of, so, you know, like I said, the spreadsheet's my biggest thing that keeps me grounded throughout the day. Um, one tool that I've actually just discovered uh, about a week or two ago is called Product Dolphin. And in order to get access to their, their suite of tools, it's, I think the floor price is about five or six right now. And for me, it's, it's well worth it. And some of my favorite features about Project Dolphin is they have, uh, you know, like a calendar that shows all the mints. So I kind of make sure my spreadsheet's up to date with that. A lot of times with these mints, I'll find that they'll delay a day or even move up a day. So you can't always, you know, put it in a spreadsheet and forget about it. You kind of have to constantly be looking at it to make sure you're hitting your mints on time because, you know, the worst thing in the world is when you, when you, you know, you spend your time grinding for a whitelist or you, you know, get a whitelist through your DAO or maybe even you buy a whitelist token through, you know, the famous Fox marketplace and then you have it on your calendar and then you realize it, it moved a day up, which has happened before. Or, or it got delayed a day and you're like, oh man, I can't make it that day. I've got, you know, my kids soccer practice or whatever. So um, it seems like on the, the Product Dolphin website, they keep their, their calendar up to date. So that's a really good, you know, way to double check my work to make sure I'm definitely not missing the, the hyped mints coming up. That's awesome. I've never even heard of Project Dolphin. There's so many businesses and people that are trying to add into the space that are always popping up. And I love hearing about different solutions. So that's Project Dolphin, correct? Correct. Yeah. Um, a couple other features I really like is it's got a wallet tracker. So I have my wallets in there and I can get kind of pin notifications. So, you know, if a, if a new whitelist token hits my wallet or, a, you know, an NFT gets airdropped. I know um, Kets on Crack just did their uh, airdrop yesterday for those, you know, who might not be aware. Get your milk. I got my milk bottle and it was really cool because I didn't have to constantly be checking my wallet over and over, you know, when's this going to come in? When's this going to come in? I just get a pin. No I'm, you know, I'm working on, uh, you know, working on my computer. I get a little pin notification in my Google Chrome. Hey, this just hit your wallet. So stuff like that is really great. Um, also for those who might want to, you know, if they discover some, you know, big influencers wallets, you can keep an eye on, see what they're, they're minting or what they're looking at or what they're selling or purchasing. So, you know, I don't, I don't know if, you're really supposed to talk about that, but for those who, for those who want to do that, it's it's a great way. You know, I use it primarily to to focus on my wallets to see. Um, you know, I'm I'm a little you know cautious with with staking, so a lot of times I'll move NFTs to a brand new wallet to stake just because I'm afraid they're going to drain me or something. Um, so you know, I have like 30 wallets, so just being able to keep track of how much um, soul I have in each wallet, it to me, it's worth it right there. One thing I wanted to ask you is, is, does Project Dolphin cost anything? It is. So you have to buy the NFT. You have to hold it. You, you verify with your Discord. And after that, that's the only cost. So it does have an upfront cost of, I think the price is 5.8 soul right now. So, um, you know, there is a little barrier to entry with that. I'm sure there are other, you know, tools that probably do similar things that maybe won't cost, you know, 5.8 soul. But me personally, I use it every day. I have zero problems you know, buying it. It's been a great investment for me. And, um, you know, I, I love it. So that's really cool. You're, you're a real techie guy. I, I love seeing all the different analytic tools that are out there. And you brought up a really interesting point, which is there is a lot of people that are tracking wallets. You know, there's yep. a lot of people making money, literally just paying attention to what these big movers, these whales, as people call them, will start making moves and they try to get in the moment that that happens. So that's a great way to, to try to get ahead, you know, 
in this space, it's really whoever is putting in the work gets to get the biscuit, which I think is a beautiful thing. There's so much freedom in trading. Another thing that I love about this space is that art can truly transform a project. You know, one of the projects that I aped into and didn't really look at the analytics was Bohemia. You know, I watched them rise. Unfortunately, I was really busy when they first dropped and I couldn't get in at five. I really like doing a little bit of research, but I saw this one at floor that had a king crown on it and a pengu in the pocket. And I said to myself, fuck, I have to have that thing. Even if it goes to zero, um, I'll hold on to this thing, which is just a wild part about just NFTs in general. You know, it's not really just about what's the utility, what are they doing? Because if they create a brand and something that people can connect to, it's transformative. It's something that nobody truly understands. It's not like any other asset. It's not rice or beans or or bananas, whatever you're going to buy. It's something that people assign some random value to. That's what I love about thinking about aesthetics, thinking about analytics. And one of the questions that it brings up to me is when you are buying something off of the secondary, what are you looking for? Are you looking for a rare? Are you looking for a floor so that you can flip it later? And if you are going to buy into a project, what quantity do you normally buy? Because I hate having one NFT. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And that's, uh, I think you and I are probably going to have differing, you know, um, styles with this. But to answer that question, you know, kind of going through the purchase process, let's say, uh, you know, my buddy Rifi, you know, hey, racer, check out this project. I I think it's really bullish. It's bullish for X, Y, Z reasons. They're going to, you know, they're going to have staking day one. They're going to, the art is incredible. So kind of going through that process, I'll I'll take a look on Magic Eden. And the first thing I'm going to ask is, you know, I'm going to look at the floor price. That's, you know, that's the first thing. And the first question I'm going to ask you is what was the mint? Because I want to see how, how, you know, what the market cap is and how far this has moved. If this is already 10x from mint, I'm going to be more skeptical and cautious before making an entry. You know, if the mint was one and it's at 10, now I'm going to do research. I'm going to really dig in. If you tell me the mint was one and the floor is three, I might just be able to ape in a little quicker and then do research later. So those are kind of like two of the biggest things that really, you know, I look at first. Um, As far as how many to buy, really, really tough question. But typically, if if, if I'm really bullish on a project and I kind of have to make this decision in in a a split second because I'm watching the floor price go up, people are buying them off Magic Eden, then typically I might try to buy three at the floor. Um, knowing that, and then what I'll do is after that, I'll start looking for a couple different things. I'll start looking at, you know, maybe there's a rare looking one that someone is, you know, I think they undervalued it by listing it near the floor. Then I'll try to pick up that. Um, maybe I'll find one that looks gold or something that I think, you know, maybe has Dow potential. Like, like a good example of this was, um, with Astral's and, you know, what I really liked about that project and maybe like is not the right word, but the Spirens, they, they're, they, they're, to be honest, they're really dumb looking. They're really stupid looking. <laughs> they have these four eyes for those who don't know. They're blue. But beautiful. I, they're, yeah, they're, they're the best looking NFT. In, in <laughs> I'm just going to say it right now. But with, with that meme potential, I thought, man, you know, I, I think this could be a DAO. I think the meme potential's there. So what I did is I bought a couple. When, when they go to the floor, I bought a couple. And if you look at the floor value of the Spirens versus the, all the other, um, you know, types, they're much higher. So first thing I'm going to buy the floor, I'm going to try to buy around three just because if it does 3x, maybe I will, you know, sell one, try to get my initial investment out. 
if, if I, if I think it's going to grow, then maybe I'll feel more confident. Then I'll start looking for, you know, the rare ones, like I said, the gold skins, and then anything that I think has a Dow potential, um, I'm going to buy those as well. Very cool. Yeah, there's been some crazy DAOs in, in the past that I've seen. I remember Panthers in the Metaverse, they had a gold DAO that went up to 100 soul and the floor was like two soul, which is insane. I don't know if people were buying that, but there's just so much gamification available to you in this trading art JPEG world. Um, One of the metrics that I really try to look at is Twitter, Discord. You know, if I see on Twitter that people are just posting all the time, every comment I see has a, a picture of this JPEG in it, that really encourages me to go look at it. And then what I normally do is go check out Discord and then check out and see are they talking about real things? You know, is this a true yeah. community? Because a lot of the times if you go to a discord and you just see people saying, hi, wag me. Well, here we go. Let's fucking go. You know, those types of things I actually see as like a negative signal. Yep. Um, I'm looking for real genuine conversation. People talking about the art, um, talking about the future, what they think could happen with, with the actual NFT. Those are some of the signals that I look for socially because of what we're, we're dealing with. We're dealing with art. We're dealing with culture, which is really special. Seeing people like Days Ducks, they have a whole entire culture to them. You go into one of their spaces and you get to enjoy that, the Antigua vibes that they bring with them. And that's what I think is so special about this space is we really get to feel some of the cultures and um special artists that are out there you know another one that that i feel from is bohemia you get to feel the guys from the philippines and you get some of that beautiful art that i might not be used to being here in colorado in the united states it really is a special um, movement that's happening and there's so many signals to be looking at to see is this project going to moon And, and it is somewhat impossible to know you know you try right. to get every information that's out there possible, but there there is just so many different options. You talked about getting a, a rare. One of the things that I do with the Days Ducks and have been doing for probably the last couple months is looking at the floor and and watching for rares to drop. You know, if I ever get lucky and there's a super rare, I will dance and post about it for days. Um, but there's all this gamification that's available to you and people are thinking about things in completely different ways. Um, What is some gamification that you really enjoy and try to push into when you're dealing with trading NFTs specifically? Oh, that's a great question. So, you know, from, from like, if I'm trying to make a profit, because at the end of the day, we're traders, you know, we're, we're doing this because we love the communities. We love the art, but also we want to make money as well. So my probably my favorite gamification method is when a project first launches, to me, like the first hour, two hours, three hours is is like it's go time for me. And what I'm doing is I'm watching the listings and I'm trying to find the the rare the rare attributes that someone who maybe is, you know, a lot of people don't have time to be part of every community. So they might miss like, oh, this is a rare one and they might list it near the floor Um so, you know, going through their purchase process, maybe they mint something for one and now the floor is at five, to, you know, to make a, a, let's say souls at a hundred bucks, that's a $400 profit after, you know, before fees. So for them, they're thinking, oh man, I, I just made a killing. You know, this is incredible. I, you know, now I can go do, uh, you know, four or five more mints because I, because I hit this one. 
And for me, you know, they might be listing something that's rare, maybe it's even a one of one. And they, you know, they're not aware of that. So to me, that's the that's my favorite gamification method. That's where I get the biggest rush is where I'm looking and I'm trying to get things that I think are rare or one of ones that people are listing at the floor or near the floor. I love that. And seeing things play out, you see this time and time again, it is a gamble in itself. It's like you're gambling on top of a gamble, which I could see being incredibly (laughs) exciting. Um, Grabbing a D-God, say when they were at six soul and you grab a 10 soul D-God that has um, chains or some of the big ones that I'm starting to see out especially on the dead gods are these different skins the radioactive skin the purple skin all of those i mean the floor might be 200 but you could probably get 300 soul 350 soul so those gambles are paying off specifically in that community um so that is just it's so exciting to be a part of the nft community and trying to trade these jpegs and and be a part of it and seeing some of these even bayc people coming over you know that eth money always carries uh, quite a tidal wave with it and it kind of brings up a question for me of when is the right time to exit a project? When do you feel ready to go? Um, and is there any projects that you've felt ready to go and you let go and you got burnt? I'd love to hear that. <laughs> so that's a great question. So typically for me, I'm, I'm probably more conservative than, when, than a lot of people are when it comes to trading. So it, let's say I, I mint three of a project and it does a, a 3X. A lot of times I will sell one to get my or try to get my initial investment out because for me I want to put that money elsewhere. Um, so you know a lot of times I'll leave money on the, the table doing that because then they'll keep going up. And um, you know I've gotten burnt doing that before, but at the same time when you're taking profit, you know it's it's in my mind it's 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 almost always the right move when you're when you're getting your initial investment out because then if the project flops you know, you, okay, I feel good because I got my money out. And then if it moons, well, I still got two more. You know what I mean? So I, I feel like getting initial investment out is, is very important in, in, in the NFT space. That's so smart. Yeah, I feel confident selling an NFT when that NFT hits zero. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I say that because kind of what you were talking about earlier, you know, if you buy 100 NFTs, you need one to 100x to cover everything. And in this space, it's not crazy to think that an NFT could a thousand X. So you you put your money into a hundred different project, one thousand X, you're still gonna make money. Yep. So that is kind of where I have that hodl mentality. Part of it is I, I really do get emotional about it. I get caught up in the community, who I'm dealing with all the time beautiful jpegs i really do enjoy the art in a lot of the projects that i hold so that's why i say that adage but every once in a while there's a project that'll hit and then you know maybe i'm listening to one of their spaces and they just don't sound like they know what they're talking about or something happens and and they're not jiving with their community they've got somebody that is really stuck in their ways and not willing to say that they're wrong or or talk about the changes that might need to happen and and at least engage in them. You know, some people get really angry about that stuff. And those are kind of signals for me because business is really hard. 
you know, people hit walls all the time. And if they're not willing to adjust, that scares me. I I don't want to be a part of a team that can't recognize things. That's one of the reasons that I love the D gods. You know, the paper hand bitch tax was seemed like an incredible idea. It seemed like they were hitting culture and they, and they did, right? They, they took a run right away. But the problem was the market really, that's not what it was about, right? It's not, that's not really adding a ton of value into the space. And that's why they created dust. Um, So seeing those different, being able to change and, and not be stuck in your ways is really, really important to me. And and that's a, a big signal for me to sell if I'm seeing that or I'm hearing that uh, from a conversation with that project. Um, yeah, I, I think that that's a great time to to get out. Absolutely. I mean, um, the market changes every every day, every week. And if a project is you know unwilling to pivot, you really have to pivot on a dime in this space. You need to be able to you know, be able to just change, be able to go with what the market conditions allow. And we saw with D God. So they, they, when they did that, they, they blew up. So um, kudos to them for, for, you know, kind of pivoting away from that, that tax and into something that incentivizes more trading, you know, that, that trading, that tax kind of made it so people didn't want to trade their D God. It it didn't incentivize trading. So they weren't collecting the vault, you know, the, the fees from the volume, which was funded into dust and it kind of was very counterintuitive to what they were trying to accomplish. So being able to pivot away from that was was just a great move for them. And they took off right after. It is always, always great to talk to you, Racer. Thanks for, you know, just adding some of your trading knowledge, some of the tools that you use. Um, and I, I'm glad that you enjoy some of the aesthetics because I think it is important to to really look into that. And there's a lot of money to be made. One of our good friends, DJ and John, really looks at that and the guy has made quite a bit of money just flipping things because he can recognize what people are looking for and that's an incredible thing so i really appreciate you sharing your knowledge and your time with me and i hope everyone has a great weekend hopefully i'll get this out pretty quick and and you can enjoy it before the weekend um but everyone have a great day and get after it guys thanks right